morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Is it still morning? Let me see. Yeah, we still got some time. You can still have some breakfast. Amen. First, I want to I want to say welcome back to our leadership. Uh, they were on vacation. And I have to point out, they I'm gonna go on the limb. They're probably the most tanned leadership, right, in our, at least in New York City right now. Like, they're collectively beyond tanned. It's like, clearly, you guys were on vacation, so uh, that's beautiful. I pray that your rejuvenation lasts at least for the rest of the year. Amen? So, I know you guys needed that. Thank you. And I do want to say one more thing, and, and I know he would probably hate this, but my brother-in-law... Johnny Cruz is back from his six-month deployment, and I just want to welcome him back home. <laughs> He's an amazing dad, amazing husband, amazing brother, amazing friend, so uh, welcome back, Johnny. All right, so I'm going to ask for you to stand one more time. We're going to read the word together. Um, I'm going to ask to silence everything right now, maybe even your phones. I don't care if they ring, but you know what I'm talking about. Silence your thoughts, your minds right now, and just pay attention to what God has to say this morning. I promise that I will try my best to be quiet and let God speak. But God, we promise that we're going to listen. Amen? So close your eyes really quickly. I'm going to read Matthew 7, 7 through 12, and just listen to what the Word of God says. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock. And the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks you for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask of him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. Lord, we just thank you this morning for another opportunity to come before you, another opportunity to read and to hear from your word and, and, and to hear from your gospel. Father, again, silence me. I don't want to even be a, a, a middleman here, Father God. You speak today, Lord. Wreck us, destroy us, break mentality, offend us if you need to, Father God. Break us and build us. In Jesus' name we pray and we receive. Amen. You may be seated. All right. So on the 20th of July, my wife and I celebrated five years of marriage. Thank you. On that same day, our, our twins turned eight months old. So that's a big milestone. Um, and a year ago, that would have been very difficult to see, right? Like a year ago, looking into the future, it was very, that possibility didn't seem real to us, right? That we would be here and the girls would be healthy and everything would be great. So we made it. We made it. And that's a testimony within itself. We made it and God is good. Amen? And maybe somebody needed to hear that today. Maybe you're going through something. You're going to make it. Everything's going to be all right. Don't worry, okay? So my wife and I were arguing. I mean, sorry, talking. We were talking and we were gently just uh, reminiscing. Um, no, recently my wife and I started like this new chapter in our lives. And, um, you know, when you have kids, it's important that you, and I don't, look, I'm not no 
marriage counselor, but one thing I notice in our marriage is that we really have to make the effort to really speak to each other. Because when you have children and small children, you got twins and you got the nine-year-old and everybody's running around, you, you start to lose a little bit of, uh, of that communication. And then before you know it, you stop saying the things you need to say to one another. Amen? FYI, I get now why God calls us his bride. Right? Isn't it the same? When you stop talking, all of a sudden you, st- you don't know how to speak to each other anymore. And then it takes time to get back into that place. And that's why a lot of us feel like, you know grumpy and, and down, and that's why some of us start to stay away from God, because we forget how to communicate with God, right? So my wife and I started this new thing of communication, and it was hard for me, because in the midst of us talking, a lot of things got exposed. Um, as I, we opened up to each other, and she opened up to me, I discovered that I had a lot of deep-rooted things that I thought I was healed from that, unfortunately, I wasn't over. And they were still there, and they were causing bad behavior problems in my life today. And it's funny because the world says time will heal all wounds, right? But that's not true. In Exodus fifteen twenty six, God describes himself clearly as the, uh, I want to say this right, as Lord who heals you. Therefore, if God is the healer, time has no power. Now, I will say this. It does take time to heal, right? But think about this. Time, faith, all of that good stuff was great, but it meant nothing because I didn't take action to find healing. And there I just let it sit and fester. Have you ever broken a limb or you heard about somebody breaking a limb and they didn't get it fixed? Do you know what happens when when that happens? It heals wrong. And then eventually, after you're dealing with all this pain and discomfort, what happens? You have to go back to the doctor, and what do they have to do? Side, it's not even in my notes. Don't go through that, man. Don't allow yourself to have to go through all that. I could do it on my own, only for God to have to break you and heal it correctly again. Hmm. All right. If I, uh, one of the things that I found interesting, because I, I kind of miss football right now. I didn't, I'm not a huge football fan, but I really realized that I enjoyed the last season. And I was thinking about, like, the great quarterbacks of our time, right? And how, man, some of these guys could throw a, f- a football across an entire football field with no problem. But you know that it means nothing if there's not someone at the other end to receive it. So he could throw the perfect pass and it'll just bounce and fall into, onto, onto dead ground. But if someone's there to catch it, let's read the word. In James 2.14, I'm going to read a lot of the word as I tend to do, but I promise I'll try to make it interesting. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but, his, uh, but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace and keep warm and well fed, and does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. 
You believe that there is one God good. Even the demons, uh, even demons believe that and shudder. <laughs> that just reminds, <laughs> that's crazy that the Bible says that. They're like, cool, yeah, you got faith? Yeah, we, we, you believe God? Good. Even demons believe God. It's true. And then the Bible says this, not my words, even though I really would love to say this to somebody on a daily basis. You foolish person, it says. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac to the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was uh, fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In other words, simply believing is useless without action. If there's not a receiver to catch that quarterback's pass, the play is dead. There's no point to this. In Daniel chapter 3, I'm going to talk about something that's been preached on here before. And famously, we read about three very crucial people in the scripture, and that's uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. First of all, if you can spell that, there's a good chance that you could win any spelling bee, okay? Um, and there's this king named uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, okay? First of all, you couldn't spell that. I mean, I guarantee you, I put all the money I have. Um, he built this massive image of gold, Okay, out of gold, and it was about, the Bible says about 90 feet high, nine zero, 90 feet high and about nine feet wide. This was a massive image, a lot of money, right? A lot of gold and it was invested into this thing. And he says uh, he wanted everyone under his command to worship this image and the gods that he served and he believed in every time they heard the sound of instruments and music. Amen. So we're going to go to the word and I'm going to show you what it says. And I'm going to show you how, how faith with action is, is, needs, is real. Okay. In Daniel chapter 3 verse 12 it says there was uh, some Jews who, uh, who have. I'm going to read this because I want you to know what a snitch sounds like. There are some Jews whom you've set over to the, to the affairs of uh, providence of Babylon. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who pay no attention to you, your majesty. That's a snitch. They're like, yeah, you got some people over there who just ain't following your rules, kid. You should, you should check them out. All right. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. And furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm going to probably stop saying their names and just refer to, to, to them as they from here on out. That's cool with you. So these men were brought uh, before the king, and the king said to them, is it true, guys, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? He was hurt. Now, when you hear the sound of the instruments and the music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Now, that's a threat. He not only threatened their life, but their faith. And I know a lot of us want to believe that yeah, if somebody, somebody came up to me and told me that, huh, I wanna, I'll bet you, bet you ain't do nothing. 
how much you want to bet you're going you're gonna to shiver. All right? We see it every single day. If it were me, <laughs> I'd tell you what. I'd tell you be, okay, which one? This one? Thank you. That's, that's a lot of us. <laughs> which way? This way? <laughs> but in verse 16, this is one of the most gangster things you will ever read in Scripture. And it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the, replied to the king. And they said, king. Uh, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. And I love that because that's my, like, I, I've, I, throughout my Christianity, as you can see, I'm not the most, like, Christian-looking person, right? And so people come to me like, oh, your tattoos, but I've been, trust me, I get it. I know what I look like, right? And people have always tried debating the word of God with me, and I always use that. And I say, look, there's no debating, all right? I know what this word says. I know who I am in Christ, right? So I love that faith where they say, we're not going to defend ourselves to you. And here's what they say. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve will be able to deliver us from it. And then they reiterate, and he will deliver us. But even if he does not, we want you to know your majesty. Do you have that up? Where he says, we want you to know your majesty. It doesn't say, like in quotations, he was being sarcastic, but it would be awesome if you read it that way, right? We want you to know your majesty <laughs> that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, that's not a threat. That's a promise. That's scary. When you look at somebody in the eye and you say, I'm going to kill you, and they say, no, nah, I don't care. You ain't got it. So he goes, okay. So furious with, and, and filled with rage, he sends them, and he orders uh, that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual, okay, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie them up and to throw them into the blazing furnace. Now, this is a very important part that you need to know because this is, shows you how serious this actually was. It says, so these men, they were wearing their robes, they were wearing their trousers, turbans, and other clothes, and they were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Now, think, hear this. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took them. So the people who actually tied them up and threw them in died because that's how hot the flames were. You understand? Then king... Uh, uh, I want, to, I want to read this right. Sorry. <laughs> These three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Then the king leaped to his feet. And he said in amazement and asked his advisors, all his peoples who were watching the snitches, right? The snitches. And then he said, weren't there three men in the, in the flame that we just threw in that furnace over there? And they replied, oh, certainly your majesty, right? Now you can say majesty differently. He said, look, there are four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God. <laughs> right? <laughs> one thing you'll see in a trend as you read scripture more and more and more. And one thing I want to encourage you, side note, don't believe me. Don't, don't, don't challenge this word. Okay, amen? That's one thing preachers don't tell congregations enough. Don't believe me. Go home and challenge this word. All right, that's the only way we're going to grow and make sure that we're growing as a congregation, right? All right, cool. So one thing that you'll read as you're reading is that anytime someone, no matter what they believed in, they could be atheist, they could be whatever, and I don't believe in your God. When they see God, they know it. 
and they recognize it. And all of a sudden, they know who the king of kings is. They know who the Lord of lords is. They said, that, that's, a, that's God. That's God. I know it. I see it. I know it. And that's very, very amazing in my eyes. So Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted. And I can almost see him, you know, because he's like, these people died. I'm not going to go all the way through. And he's just shouting to them, hey, guys, why don't y'all come on out and come here? I'm not going to go to you because I'm not going to die. But why don't you come here and come out? Check this out. So they came out of the fire. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was the hair on their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Understand this. They walked out. Did I not just read the word? Did we not just agree that they were tied up and thrown in? So somehow in that process, in a flame that was too hot, with people who died who were standing next to them because the flame was so hot, they were tied up and bound. Somehow they walked right out. And they were like, yeah, you, you, need us? you needed this? You good? What you need? No, they don't even smell like smoke. The king said, praise <laughs> Praise be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent this angel and rescued their their servants. These servants, they trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than to serve and worship any, uh, any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces. Okay, remember how last week Josh was like, look, I'm still fresh, you know, he's, king is fresh out, okay, so he's still ready to slice somebody up now, he don't know, give him, give him some time, right, he's still, it's like coming out of jail, you gotta give him some time, you know what I mean, to make those adjustments, he's like, I I believe you, but I'll cut you, like he's still in his old ways, you don't believe that, I'm gonna cut you and and feed you and burn your body, and like, okay, king, take it easy, but I love this part, and this is verse 30, he said, it says, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in the providence of Babylon. So they were promoted for their faith. This is an amazing story that I could literally preach on at four or five different ways. There are very, so many different angles you could touch on because there's so many beautiful elements to this story, whether it's their faith, whether it's their actions, whatever, right? But I want to point out one sort of minor thing that I've never realized until I reread this this week. And it, it's in verse 25, but it says, look, I see four men walking around in the fire. Family, their faith alone would have inspired a nation, but it was their action that was recognized by this king. It was the action that was tied to the faith that caused the king to believe. It wasn't them just standing firm in who God was. It was that they decided to walk around and walk in the faith. Do you understand this? Are you starting to picture this thing that it's not just faith? Sometimes you got to walk around. Even in John 3:16, the most famous verse in the world that says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. See, that's unconditional. We know that. 
See, a lot of us Christians, man, we, we've heard of God's unconditional love, and we've tied that word unconditional to Christianity and to faith as, in gen- as a whole. And we think, well, God loves me, so I can do whatever I want. Mm-mm. His love is unconditional. That's it. Everything else, and look, I may be offending some of you here today, but I'm not here to preach butterflies, and I'm here to preach gospel, amen? God has condition. And he says, cool, I love you. But that's kind of like that scripture that says, well, even the demons, right? Even the demon, demons know my name. But there's action. And it says that whoever believes in me, there's action, will, will not perish but have eternal life, right? Whoever accepts me into their life, whoever takes that action and, and, puts, it, and puts that faith into action and walks it out. There is an action that is required of us, and there are blessings, healings, financial prosperity that's awaiting us. But we must show action. And I know these flames are hot, just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. I'm sure it was hot in there. I'm sure they looked scary from the inside, but walk it out anyway. And God says, better yet, not only will you walk it out, but I'll be there right next to you. As he showed through this scripture, you will not be alone. I will be there guiding you, walking you, walking with you, and I promise you won't even smell like flames at the end of this. There are some people here today who God is telling you move and take action just like they did. Because just like the scripture says, there's promotion waiting for you. There's promotion waiting for you. Last week, Josh preached about fanning the flame. And I believe that that was such an important message. But I believe that some of us, including myself, still had a hard time in saying, God, but what is it that I need to do to, to reach that, to reach that, that place that, that is being spoken on right now? I believe today that that is action. And so many of us want to sit there and say, God, so do a work in me. Go ahead. Without any kind of effort into saying, God, what do you need me to do? What is it that in my life that I'm doing wrong, that I keep doing over and over? You know, what's the definition of insanity? Same thing over and over and expecting different results. You keep doing it over and over again and saying, but God, how come you wasn't? How come you didn't save me this time? That's like walking off the stage and not expecting me to bust my butt. And then keep doing it all over again, going back and forth. And God's saying, hey, how about you take the stairs, right? <laughs> how about, how about you, you listen and, and, and just be careful? This is a short one today. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back but up, uh, up right now. But I also want the prayer team to come up if possible. As I said, last week, Josh spoke about fanning the flames. And today, if you're having trouble fanning those flames or if you've already seen those flames start to die, I encourage you to take action today. Today, take a moment to identify the hurt, the baggage, the issues holding you back and break loose in the name of Jesus. You see, I read this earlier and we just kind of read it and it was encouraging and great. But there was there was something that I want to point out. And it was the first verse that we read this morning, which was Matthew 7, 7. And it says, ask, which is what? It's an action. And it will be given to you. Seek, 
which is an action, and you will find. Knock, which is an action, and the floor will be, uh, and the door will be open to you. You see, family, to sit there and do nothing, we're going to find ourselves missing out on the blessings that God has for us. There are some of us here today who need to uh, get up from our seats and take action and walk in what God has for us. There are some things that are awaiting us. There are just a few steps away. And I, I want to remind you, I know the flames are hot. I know it's scary. I know that, that people die next to you probably. And, 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 and all, all like theology and realisticness says that you should be dead too. But God says, I got you. Walk in your faith. Amen. So stand, let, let, let's stand with me if you can. And I want to pray with you. But I want to issue you a challenge. When I'm done with this prayer, I'm going to hand it over to the worship team. And I know that sometimes we do a general prayer and we say, oh, we don't want to embarrass you. Just stay where you are. God will meet you there. But I believe that there is action today that needs to take place. I believe that when I finish praying and I, and I make this call, I want you to leave your position and walk. Come to the front here. Get prayed for. Don't get prayed for. Fall into God's presence, but get away from where you are right now and walk in that faith for a second. I guarantee you that if some of you missed out on that amazing thing that happened last week, God says, I'm still here. I'm still ready. I'm still willing to fan that flame that's burning out. But God says, I need you to come to me, though. I need you to take that, that, that walk. We can't do it from where you are right now. And look, that goes deeper for some of us. Some, some of us are in bad situations, maybe relationships. Maybe some of us are in bad, uh, hanging out with bad people. Whatever it is, I believe that you're being, it's being revealed right now. I don't need to say it. God's already exposing it. Hey, I told you. I've been telling you, that person, those people, that job, whatever it is, that place that you keep going, hanging out, that's not where you need to be. And God's saying, I need you to walk away from that. If you want to live, and if you want to walk in that faith and, and see those blessings, I believe that there's some walking that has to happen this week. Father God, right now, I just pray a spirit of comfort. I rebuke shame. I rebuke anxiety. I rebuke depression right now. I rebuke fear. And I pray comfort right now in Jesus' name. That we may feel comfortable being vulnerable, comfortable saying, I want to take action. I don't care who's watching. I don't care who's looking. I don't care what I look like. I don't care who, you know, how cool I'm supposed to be, but I don't care how uncool I might look. I need to take action today. So I pray comfort right now in Jesus' name. Jesus name right now if you're in need if you're suffering if you and you already know what you need to give up the altar is open step out of your position and start that new walk in Jesus name hallelujah thank you
Jason, for that word of action and faith. I believe there are many more here that feel like they're in the midst of that fire, in the midst of that flame. Whether you walked into those flames or whether you felt like you were thrown into it, believe it's because somewhere, sometime, you've made a choice. You've made a decision to serve God. you made a choice to be, to, 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 to be even more faithful. Maybe it's because of a calling on your life that the flame has been kind of ratcheted up hotter, hotter, hotter than you've ever faced before. And God wants you to know that there is so much more purpose. And when you step out in purpose, oh, yeah, it gets hotter. But he's promised us through that message that he will walk with us. He promised us that when we accepted him, that he would give us his Holy Spirit that would be there with us. So you are not alone. We just sang this morning about God's promises. You are not alone. So if you fear that you're in the midst of the flames, maybe it's hotter Maybe the situation is more than you can bear and you, you've never faced it this tough before and you feel like no one understands. God is saying, I am walking with you in the midst of the flames. You will come out unscathed. Uns you will come out unscorched. You will come out not even smelling like smoke. You will come out free. And fire has a funny way of purifying things. There's some impurities that sometimes you need to be put in the midst of flame to burn out a lot of the things, to recognize, to expose a lot of the things that we've been hiding. So then we can hand that over to God and he can take those things away. So if you're here today and you've heard this message and you believe that you're one, you're either Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego, you're one of those faithful ones that you've been trying to do everything right, but you seem like it just get hotter and hotter. God is saying, I am with you. I am walking with you. Don't fear the promise you made to me and the promises I've made to you. Father, we love you. We need you. You never said it was going to be easy, Lord, but you said you would walk with us. That you would be there with us. That you would never leave us. Would never forsake us. That we would walk through fire and not get burned. We would be fire walkers, oh God. Thank you, Jesus.
out to him today. We surrender, Lord. We surrender, Jesus. I surrender. I surrender all. We surrender, Lord, today.
we pray every single day when we leave this place that our lives would be completely and totally dedicated to you, to be used by you, to be filled by you, to be moved by you, oh God. That fear would not stop us. That doubt would not paralyze us, God. But that we would be sold out radically for you. That lives would be transformed and changed by the power of a powerful and present God. Lord, that they would see you in us, God, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, in our cars as we travel, oh God. Father, help us to live with that attitude of serving you and giving to you and loving you with every ounce of our inner being. Oh God, may you teach us what that looks like. Show us daily how to walk that out, oh God. So God, today, Lord, here we are. We give you our all. We give you all we have. And we bow humbly before you, a great and awesome God who's given us so much. So, Father God, we leave this place blessed. We leave this place excited to see what you're going to do today, Lord. And we thank you that you have blessed us so that we could go out and be a blessing. God bless you all and have a wonderful, fabulous, and great day.